0: Welcome to Workforce Inside, the podcast for business leaders looking for fresh insights and solutions to today's most pressing workforce challenges. I'm your host Bushan Setti, joint global people and organization leader at PwC. In each episode, you'll receive new ideas from experienced practitioners who are helping employers drive workforce transformation. Now, to boost trust in any company, you need actionable information on how your employees are thinking. You need to really understand what trust means to your workforce and how it impacts your business today and tomorrow. In this episode, we'll discuss how companies and leaders can start to take actions that build employee trust, build employee loyalty, and manage some of the need to attract and retain today's talent. I'm delighted today to be joined by Yolanda Seals-Coffield, who's our Deputy People Leader here at PwC. Welcome, Yolanda. Thanks so much, Fushan. It's incredible to be with you today. Wonderful. So first things first, Yolanda, we have a Difference Maker question. So the real question that the listeners want to really know is if you had to delete all but three of the apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep?
1: That's a really hard question, considering that we spend all of our times on those smartphones. So if I had to think of what I use every day, then I'd have a harder time getting elsewhere one, any app that allows me to do a video conference with my family. We have a college freshman in our family. So for the first time, we have one of our children away from home and we have nightly video chats with the four of us, the three of us who live in one house, just gather in different parts of the house and we connect with our daughter who's away. So that's a pretty important part of my life, at least in the last year. I absolutely love reading, but I don't tend to have the capacity for reading books anymore at the end of a long day of email and reviewing documents. So anything that allows me to listen to my books is something that I could not live without. And I also think I get through the day with news pop-ups. So any of the apps that would allow me to see what's going on in the world, to look at my phone on a moment's notice and realize that something important is happening that I need to take a few minutes to look into is hugely valuable. So I I had to narrow it down to three. It would be those three types of apps.
0: Wonderful. So the ability to connect, to listen, and to stay current. Wonderful. So good segue now into the whole topic of trust. Now, Yolanda, many have said that we have through the pandemic renewed the social contract with our workforce. Organizations now are relied on for lots of news, help, obviously providing employment, building skills. Organizations have a really important purpose in society in terms of being very active on social issues, understanding what's going on within their broader ecosystem, their supply chain, their contingent workers, obviously what's going on within their organization. But I'm just curious from your lens, when we talk about workforce trust, what does that actually mean to you?
1: Workforce trust today means something very different than it would have meant to me five years ago. Five years ago, I would have said workforce trust is about providing people with an, a place to do what they love, an opportunity to be successful and an opportunity to perform and to excel in the way that's meaningful to them and balance their lives. That is not what I would describe today. I think today the pandemic has really pressure tested what we believe a trusting workforce to be. When we look at our U.S. business survey on trust, 80% of employees today say that they trust their organizations more since the pandemic. That's an incredible statistic. And when you think about what the pandemic changed for society, I think for one of the first times, at least in my lifetime, Citizens of the world needed to trust one another to get through this incredible event that was affecting all of our lives in some way or another. That requires a level of trust that we haven't needed to see, at least in the employment context, in the past. And then you layer over it social issues that are going on in the world. You layer over it all the various aspects of ESG, that organizations are thinking about every day and what it means to have a trusting relationship with your employees has shifted pretty dramatically. So when I think about having a trusted relationship with our people, I think first we're listening to them. We are understanding what's important to them, what's important in their lives and understanding what's important to them has shifted pretty dramatically in the last 24 months. We are thinking about choice. For our organization, giving people the choice to work where they need to work and manage their personal lives is something that our people have said is really important. So providing a level of choice in how they work, where they work, and then trusting them to deliver for the firm and to deliver for our clients is something that's really meaningful to us. And when I think about the growing demands surrounding the great resignation that we're all talking about and reading about, organizations like ours, other organizations are going to get through this period of time by truly listening and understanding what their employees want and providing a trusted relationship that they will do their best to deliver it for them and be honest when they can't.
0: Thanks, Yolanda. So what I heard there was that listening skill, listening to employees, it could be listening to your broader sets of stakeholders in terms of what your customers and suppliers want as well, but also giving people that choice, treating them like adults, if you will, around kind of how they want to work, where they want to work, to the extent that our business or our client's business can allow that. What's interesting about trust is some people misperceive this as a one size fits all. We all have to think the same, we have to work the same, that we can't embrace differences, Just curious how you anticipate that in your role at PwC, because we have many different worker types and clients. How do we balance the need to not have a one-size-fits-all with the need to give people choice?
1: I couldn't think of anything more important than choice right now for today's workforce. Creating a culture of belonging, creating a culture of care requires that we understand that people are in different places in their lives and will have different needs. When I think about PwC and how we've brought our community of solvers together as a part of the new equation, we've thought about the needs for our people to work in different ways. There are people who need to be in the office five days a week, and we need to create the space for people to have that experience. There are people who need to be a 100% virtual, but still want to be a dynamic part of a team. And we want to make sure that we can accommodate that. And then there is a range of people all within the middle of that. So There is no one-size-fits-all. I think organizations that are really going to thrive over the next few years are organizations that have adopted a truly hybrid way of working, organizations that look at teaming in a very different way. And they think about incorporating members of your team who are virtual, who are in person, who are onshore and offshore, who are independent contractors, what it means to be a part of a team has changed pretty dramatically as the idea of work has changed pretty dramatically in today's environment. So listening to your people, providing them with a level of choice and thinking
0: about teaming in a very different way will be key because there is no one size fits all. Absolutely. I also think it's important at the times like this, Yolanda, to actually look back to see what have we learned from previous business transformations. I remember working in the financial crisis where there was a distrust of large financial institutions and it was all about how do we rebuild trust with our stakeholders and our customers and our regulators and how do we bring our people along. If we look to other industries in the energy space, after they have a crisis or a very public disaster, there's a need to overcompensate and rebuild stakeholder trust. I think what's interesting, if we think about now organizations and now having to take a very focused stand on societal issues, The challenge now is we're such a polarized society, which means we're a polarized workforce. I'd love your thoughts on how you think about that topic. In today's divisive society, we're split on so many topics inside and outside the workforce. How can we build trust in such a polarized environment?
1: When I look at our trust in business survey, there are a couple of data points in that survey that are spot on with what you're talking about here. 22% employees have left a company because of trust issues. 19% have said that they chose to work at one because they trusted it more highly. And so there is something different about what our people expect of the organization that they work for and also the organizations that they support, the organizations that they support from a consumer perspective. Trust is really vital, but that is hard to determine when you are in this very polarized society. What we've tried to do within the firm is create the space for people to belong. And that means creating the space where dissenting views belong. And so we've tried to have candid conversations. We provide the space for people to come together and have some of these difficult conversations, have these tough dialogues about issues that are important, not just within our four walls, but that are important in society and create respectful space for people to disagree But more importantly, for our people to show that they care about one another and they're there to support each other. Finding that balance is really important. And it's not always easy, Bouchon, because we are living in a time where there are plenty of people who want to see organizations take a stand. And so I think when organizations are evaluating what stands to take, they have to come back to the center of what's important to them. We are guided by our values, we are guided by our mission. And we try to make sure that the decisions that we're making, and these are all difficult decisions, are consistent with our values and are consistent with our mission. And I think that is the best that an organization can do. And they can do it with humility. They can acknowledge that they don't have all the answers, that they may not even have the right answer, but that they're going to operate in a way that is respectful of their culture and that is consistent with their values as an
0: organization. Yeah, it's a great point. So the candor and empathy, not having a one size fits all. And what I heard is a healthy dose of humility and transparency. We can't seem to solve everything, but being able to listen and enable dissenting views is important. So if we shift gears and look forward, a number of businesses are going to be focused on transformation this year, whether that's a digital transformation, changing business models, thinking about supply chain We know from our experience at heightened times of change in organizations, sometimes trust can be amplified, sometimes trust can be actually broken. Employees are much more anxious about, do I trust the firm to invest in me? Will they enable me to build new skills for my future employability? So I'm curious, when you think about this in heightened times of change, what are your lessons learned around how we can make sure that we're continuing to build and not erode trust from a workforce?
1: We have this extraordinary opportunity in front of us to re-envision the world of work. What it means to work, what it means to go to an office every day, what it means to engage as a team has changed pretty dramatically in the last 24 months. And while COVID has been a very difficult time for our country and for the world, quite frankly, there have been some incredible lessons that we will take away from this period of time. And so as we reimagine what it means to work differently, I think... Flexibility is something that we'll think about very differently. We've been on a flexibility journey for a long time. I think about what it means for this transforming world and what it means in particular for the transforming workforce. I would be focused on engaging. We are setting some really clear priorities and preferences about the workforce and it's changing. And there is no better way to understand what that means than to engage with your people, talk to your people, bring them together in focus groups, survey your people, show them that you're really listening and interested in what they believe the future of work looks like for them and what this means for their ability to balance what's important to them outside of work. One of the things that's become really clear over the last few years is how important purpose is to today's employee. They not only want to do great work and provide for their family, but they want to feel as if there is a broader purpose to what they're doing and what purpose means varies for different people, but finding opportunities to connect what you do every day to someone's personal purpose will go a long way toward keeping them engaged. And then planning is important. Once you engage and you receive all of this feedback, we have to plan for what the workforce of tomorrow will look like. We also have to plan for what the workforce three to five years will look like. So we're talking to the academics we're talking to some of those that are really innovative in the space of workforce planning and development. We're understanding what it means for the next generation of college students who are going to be joining the workforce in a few years. What's important to them? What's driving them? What's their personal sense of purpose? What's important to them from an ESG perspective? And how do we as an organization serve our clients' needs and do it in a way that keeps our people engaged around their own personal purpose, their own personal well-being? their own personal need to balance work and family and what's important to them in their communities and other organizations. So as we engage, as we plan, and as we try to connect what we're doing to purpose, to personal engagement, that's something that I would be really focused on. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk for a moment about well-being, because if we have learned nothing over the past 24 months, we've learned how important personal well-being is whether it's the need to find new ways to keep ourselves physically fit as all the gyms were closing and we had to think very differently about what that means. But even more important to that, what it means for our emotional well-being and our mental well-being. The pandemic has stressed the emotional and mental well-being for so many people. And organizations like ours have really had to think about how do we address that? How do we provide more well-being services to our employees? How do we provide easier access to mental health services to our employees? And how do we work together in a culture of belonging to remove the stigma associated with self-care, with mental well-being, with physical well-being? Well-being is here to stay. This is something that we have all developed a greater understanding and appreciation for over the past 24 months. And organizations have to think about how well-being is so important to you and connected to their employees and how to make that a part of their everyday work world.
0: And while we talk about trust and the need to not have a one-size-fits-all, I think it's important to understand that leaders themselves are on a journey here. What you've described, Yolanda, is leaders need to be futurists, they need to be strategists, they need to be active listeners, empathetic, focus on well-being. But we're all going through our own personal transitions in terms of leaders' relationships with their executives, leaders' relationships with their own firm. So I think there's a big role for leaders to play here, but they've also got to practice the self-care that you just mentioned. Any additional thoughts on the role of leaders in building Workforce Trust today?
1: I think the concept of leadership development has never been more important, and not just at the most senior levels in the organization, but throughout the entire organization. In most organizations, you are leading someone. Whether you are leading a team of peers on a project or whether you're actually leading people in a supervisory role, most of our people act as leaders at some point or another. As we think about what great leaders can do today that will help stay connected to our people, one of the things that we've learned is that connectivity is so important. Our people have said to us that the difference between staying with an organization and leaving an organization is having a personal connection with their leaders and having a personal connection with their team. So leaders have this added responsibility of not only leading the work that they're doing and delivering for their clients and for their organizations, but also having that empathetic relationship with their team. Understanding what's important to the people that work for them or work with them. Understanding sometimes what's going on in their personal lives and their families so that they better appreciate what it means to balance work and life for some of our people what it means to have these social issues going on in the world and the impact that that has on people every day who are showing up to do their work, but are still experiencing and living in a world that is more challenging for them. Leadership has never been more important. And I think as we think about growing our own personal leadership and helping others lead, it's so important to think about leadership up and down the
0: organization. And to your point, calling out workforce practices or programs that are not building trust. So you mentioned flexibility at the start of the podcast. So important. I remember years ago working with some CEOs who actually said, we don't trust our employees working from home. Therefore, we don't have a flexible work policy. Well, the pandemic has obviously changed that. But whether it's how we're hiring, how we're rewarding, pay fairness, progressing people in organizations, it's really incumbent on leaders today to point out workforce practices and programs that are not fit for purpose and work with their business and HR leaders to make those changes. Bushan, could not agree more. And it's so
1: important for leaders to do what they say they're going to do. So when we think about what it means for our people to trust us, if we say we are going to have a more flexible work environment, then we have to deliver on that flexible work environment. If we say we're going to engage in a hybrid way of work, we have to deliver on that. Because if we can't deliver on these promises to our people, then they're not going to trust us. And if they don't trust us, they're going to leave. And that's so much of what the Great Resignation is about. People have choices. And if we can't deliver for them in the way that we say we're going to with the right level of humility, if we fall short, they will leave. So I couldn't agree with you
0: more. So Yolanda, we've talked about what Workforce Trust is, how it's evolved over time, how it shows up in organizations the complex layers within it, how it influences behavior, but also programs and practices in organizations. As we look to kind of round this out, what would you say are some of the key takeaways for some of the business leaders listening in today? How do they get started around workforce trust? So I'll come
1: back to where I started because I can't think of anything more important, which is to engage and listen to your people. Our people are going to tell us what they want. In fact, they're doing it more boldly today than they ever have before. So our people will tell us what they want. We want to engage and listen to them. We want to plan. We want to understand not only what today's workforce needs, but what the workforce of tomorrow needs as well. And we also want to build inclusively. I cannot say enough how important it is to be an inclusive leader right now. With trust at the cornerstone of what our people are looking for, our ability to lead inclusively to build a culture of care and belonging, to make all of our people feel as if the organization that they're a part of is an organization that they can trust to deliver what they say they're going to deliver and to provide them with an opportunity to succeed is vital. So building an inclusive leadership environment is key. So we're listening, we're planning, and we're leading
0: inclusively. Thanks, Yolanda. The importance of inclusive leadership has never been more apparent than today in today's polarized workplaces and society. The need to kind of engage in planning and the need to listen, both to kind of internal and external constituents, so important. I couldn't think of a better way to end the podcast. So Yolanda, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Been a great discussion and hopefully some pragmatic insights in how to build and be considerate of workforce trust in today's environment. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this episode of Workforce Insight. Please do visit our website for more insights on how to tackle your organization's workforce challenges, and please subscribe to this podcast.
1: This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved.